Welcome to Chris's Wheelhouse, because we're going indie this week. <laughs> already laughing, because we're talking movies, we're talking Nola and Pig. We don't get a lot of things to really care about, Chris. What the fuck is wrong with you? This? This is messy. You are messy. Your brain is broke. Have fun. Be safe. Wear condoms. And from here on out, watch every move this bitch makes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? We're doing our second episode of films that we are loving from 2021. As Scott said, we're going to be talking about Pig and Zola. Uh, Technically, (laughs) yet again, uh, technically Zola opened at Sundance in 2020, uh, but it did go to general release in July of 2021. So fuck the rules. I'm sliding it in. Uh, That's what she said. Scott, take us away. First, yeah, that's what happens when I type fast, eh? Because I typed it as Nola and then read it as Nola. <laughs> Nola. Nola the granola. <laughs> but nice. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Pig first. That was my pick. Uh, did, did you watch it at all? I have not. It is on my list because uh, I heard actually the man, the legend that he is, Nicolas Cage, it, it seems like a film that's going to be bizarre and uh, he's a bizarre guy, but he's actually getting really good uh, like accolades on his, uh, his acting performance. Yeah, so. yeah. This, well, this is his most like on, I think on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. It's his highest movie, like most accurate or best reviewed film he's ever made period, including uh, what was that? That leaving Las, leaving Vegas, Las Vegas that he won yeah. an Oscars for. Now, you know what the best you know what the best quote from Leaving Las Vegas is? For five hundred dollars, you can even put it in my butt. <laughs> Elizabeth Shoe, boom, shoe in the poo. Like I'm seriously having thoughts about not continuing <laughs> this at all. It should just be like this is going to be the quickest fucking episode we've ever done. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to Nicolas Cage. Because, you know, my kids listen to this podcast, you fucker. <laughs> hey, man, you it, it has an explicit rating on it. I don't know what you're doing over there. But that, that's my good parenting. At least, at least you're not giving your kid a handgun for Christmas. So anyway, was that too much? Was that too what? far? What? Okay. Anyways, so <laughs> back to Pig. Um, so I'm going to bury this, like all the stale socks under your bed. Um, How? Yeah, I got a captain's week. bed. There's no fucking space under my bed. Boom! <laughs> but yeah this movie is gonna make my my top five of the year uh first i want to praise um director michael sornowski as this is his feature film debut oh wow and and when you're talking indie and small budget like i couldn't even find what the budget on this film was i know in terms of box office it made like three mil but they've only had enough money for 20 days of filming. And that included like, they couldn't do any reshoots or, you know, what's the other one that they get called back for after the fact. Oh, like ADR and stuff like that. Like where dialogue's not right. Yeah. 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 They had that like nothing. All they had was enough money for 20 days. So each actor, like 
in terms of the film itself the fact that pretty much they had to go perfect for for almost everything because everything was so tight i'm gonna give them 100 props for especially since this is his directorial debut um in terms why i think you would like this like the cinematography itself was it reminded me a lot of um chloe zhao the the girl from no man land so it was a lot of on location shooting obviously because they had no money for a stage (laughs) (laughs) uh but the way he shot this film like there is very little like very little long shots everything's middle and close-ups that literally gave uh you like a voyeuristic feel that you're literally really peeking into to this person's life um that kind of engrossed me with it and and i know what you're saying it sounds weird like the movie isn't weird like it does have like it's very linear it all makes sense and literally the whole like what i got out of it was the whole basis of this film was it was like going through the um, what's the steps of grief like the five or the oh, seven yeah, yeah, steps yeah, yeah, yeah. Of grief. was it 10 steps or eight steps or yeah whatever? yeah whatever it is it's literally you're watching this man go through it all right and at first like watching trailers and stuff like that on this film i thought this was going to be literally uh nick cage as john wick <laughs> but over a pig Which, not a dog yeah that's what i thought it was gonna be right but the more you go over it like it literally like um it was written by vanessa block and the director michael sarnowski and i think the way i would describe this and probably what you would like it's literally like take any movie you like chris that's not directed by christopher nolan or uh tim burton or um, christopher tarantino (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or Quentin Tarantino, so it's like you're literally going like kind of like you have a John Wick feel. Then all of a sudden you have like a Fight Club feel. You're like, what the fuck is that coming from? Then you have like, um, which I'm pretty sure a, is Finchner. Yeah, and then you have like a a Mice and Men feel. That's like really? all of a sudden it comes like a dramedy buddy, like not buddy cop, but a buddy like I want to say action, but stuff like that. And it's just like this weird like section just going through literally that i think it was just um 24 48 hours of this guy's life okay what's the basic plot summary of this because we've we've talked around it a lot but like what what are people even like looking into yeah yeah so like without giving much spoilers away so like just if you go from the trailers um nick cage is this nomad like living in the woods cabin guy uh, who's a truss, truffle hunter like he and his pig helps him find these truffles and he sells them to the city um, and that's how he gets his supplies and stuff and then one night these uh, people break in and beat the shit out of Nick Cage and steal his pig because they think the pig is the reason he finds all these truffles and then it's literally him going back into the city to find who who stole his pig, right? And, and what it's just you find like, out is the, the the truffles are actually found because he's Nick Cage and he's got psycho 
kinetic powers to fuck. Oh, you were you're you're almost you're almost right. <laughs> don't no, no, don't spoil <laughs> it. Don't spoil it. I was just I was just like fucking making fun of it. But <laughs> but no, like Nick Cage is acting like literally this this is one of my I would put like one of the top performances he has. Like he goes like I know you, you, he goes like from one to a million in like whatever movie he's in that it, it's just like he can go off the rails if you want you want but like this is very um calm like very zeroed in kind of thing in which you know he he, he doesn't raise his voice he's he's monotone like it's like he has no emotion the whole movie right and, Penn, and instead like, of the like ah, ah, like fucking yeah, yeah. screaming his head off like being a maniac all the time right yeah like if if i had to like compare performances uh, just to give you like an idea like think of him as literally um clint eastwood in any one of those westerns right oh really where it's like a man with like technically at the beginning he is the man with no name right that's part of the the plot after you find out who he was before he decided to like isolate himself from the world and why he isolated himself from from the world but um yeah it was just like everything was you know calm every word he spoke every line of dialogue he had it literally was like this could be because they probably didn't really have time for uh you know improv and shit but um it, everything was spoken with uh meaning and like it, it was it was one of the best performances i'll say that i've seen like in terms of what we were talking uh, i was talking before about the no budget they didn't have enough budget that I was reading that they didn't even get a trained pig. They literally just grabbed a wild pig for this movie. So it's and not even like pig, an acting pig. Yeah. This pig was constantly biting Nick Cage during <laughs> all the scenes that it was in. <laughs> that he was like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm going to die from some dis- like some, disease. Like, some from swine flu or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised Nick Cage uh, didn't just like bite the pig back. <laughs> He's not Charlie Sheen. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, but, you liked it? It was good. How long? I, I did, how long is the movie? It's not. It wasn't super long. Um, super it's, long. It's right around. Yeah, it's right around the ninety minute mark. Sweet like spot, it baby. holds. Yeah, it's it holds your attention. Um, and that's the thing. Like I said, like the way the camera moves and the way it was filmed. Um. I'm telling you, man, like, I think you will enjoy it and you would enjoy it a lot. Well, again, it's definitely on my list. Uh, Do you think it's going to be a contender for the big, the big awards this year? Anything in there? I'm hoping like, to be honest, I do hope for acting for Nick Cage. Also, I could see even um, Alex Wolf, who as a supporting actor, like he did a really good job in this film because like their stories kind of, not only intersect, but kind of they're on the parallel in terms of their lives, right? Um, and they they build this unlikely friendship kind of thing. But yeah, like it was it was fucking good, man. So and but, so is there a specific audience? Like, is this a 
you got to be an indie person to like it. I mean, you're not always an indie person, so no, I, like I'm not an indie person that much, but um, I do like that's the thing. I think they did a good enough job, and in terms of how tight the film is, that it will hold your interest, right? And you'll find a little of everything on there, right? Like this guy could have just been like, this is probably the only movie I ever, I'm ever going to make and fucking Nick Cage is in it. I'm going to go balls to the walls, right? And he, like, I think he does a good, he did a really good job. I don't think he will get anything for, like, in, ter- like, in terms of like Oscars or Academy or is Golden Globes even a thing anymore? I don't know that. that uh, I'm not sure how they how they're figuring <laughs> that out. I think the Golden Globes might still think they're they're a thing, but pretty sure they're not gonna be a thing. <laughs> yeah, like in terms of right now, I think it's already. Um, it was a nominee for the Gotham Awards. It was it won at the National Board of Review for oh, Best Director. Wow. Um, and Cage has been getting a, a lot of um, praise for his acting. Yeah, he's gotten a couple of nominations already, so I'm hoping it goes to it because, in reality, right? Like, I don't think there there's much in terms of competition this year. Well, we'll see. Like I said, uh, the Christmas season is going to bring out some some heavy hitters, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out. There's some stuff that yeah. But what what I meant was, I think how they changed the rules last year, where films that got released in January and February counted towards 2020. Yeah, not you're not going up against Anthony Hopkins yeah. and The Father, right? Like all of a sudden, yeah. you strip those out, and like you get this shorter season where a lot of great acting stuff didn't come out. So yeah, yeah, you know what? You might be you're you're usually pretty good with your Oscar predictions, which I think is fucked. But whatever. <laughs> so so y'all let me tell you a story how um you know chris thinks a movie that came out in 2020 should get nominated for 2021 best of and it's kind of messy take it chris (laughs) okay so i'm gonna be talking about zola which is fucking such a fun movie whether you like indie stuff like just like you know from a technical standpoint the editing and cinematography are super cool i'm gonna touch base on that a bit But just this fucking story. Okay. This story is based on a viral Twitter thread from 2015 by Isaiah Zola King and the resulting Rolling Stone article. Zola tells all the real story behind the greatest stripper saga ever tweeted by David Kushner. So that actually says it all. Basically, this film is about these two strippers heading down to Florida and the fucking mayhem pimping, hoeing, shooting people, jumping off of fucking buildings. It's fucked. It is so crazy. It's beautifully shot. They use all kinds of different, like, perspectives. So, basically, they'll use, like, a POV. They'll talk directly to the camera. Like, they'll break the fourth wall. Um, They go handheld, right? So, there's a scene where they're in, like, a Jeep. And it looks like you're watching, like, their phone videos of them like twerking outside of the jeep and stuff like that um it is so much fun uh they use like all this crazy like kaleidoscope cinematography it's got some super surreal feelings but but it's just like the ratchet action of this fucking movie and like zola the stripper 
is actually the more sent it's the most sensible of the true right because there's zola who's played by uh taylor page who was in like ma rainey's black bottom and white boy rick uh and she was in two episodes of one of your favorite shows ballers she played Teresa. um <laughs> I, I don't know if that means anything to you but i put it in there just for you uh so it's zola <laughs> and stefani who is like the most ghetto white chick like she's more black lingo than zola who's black right like she's got like the 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 cornrowed hair and you know talking with street slang and stuff like that um that's played by uh riley uh i'm gonna butcher this last name riley Kuo, who was in like lucky logan american honey uh she also had one of those i she was one of the wives in mad max fury road like one of the pure women mm-hmm. or whatever and she's just like fucking white trash ratchet as fuck. Like now, do you know her her heritage at all? Uh, I do not. Like I said, I just get a quip. Why? What do you know about her? She's the grandchild of Elvis Presley. No shit. Yeah, uh, Lisa. Lisa. She's Lisa Marie's daughter. Really? Yeah. But she doesn't have Presley as her as her last name. What? Oh no, because she's well, a granddaughter. No, she's a granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, you know like <laughs> I believe they're you know mostly take the father's name. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> I know she used to be a model for a period of time as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, and like now that I told you that, do you see the Elvis features in her? Uh maybe, maybe in the eyes and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was like paying attention to all the like titties and booty and fucking yeah. amazing pole dancing. This movie is so fun and it's so fucking cool. Uh, it's got an 88% from Rotten Tomatoes, 68 from the audience because fucking audience often don't know what the fuck they're watching. Um, it's, See, this- that's, it's like this podcast, right? Normally when it's the audience score is super high, that's those are usually the ones I like. <laughs> and the, when the audience ones are super low, the, those are usually the ones you like. Do you got, right? the ra- do you got the ratings on your Nick Cage film? Uh, I can look them I'm up. I'm sure hey, if, if we can get our producer to look up the Rotten Tomatoes on Pig, and then uh, he, when he throws it in, you can break, jump in there, Scott. Uh, this had a $5 million budget. He, he made $5 million at the box office. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's doing well in streaming. Uh, I didn't have those numbers, but I mean, it's on Netflix now. It's on Amazon. Um, we actually, we actually, and by we, I mean the How Do You Like Your Movie podcast. Uh, we went and followed uh, Zola the King. Uh, I checked out her stuff. She's got an OnlyFans, so check that shit out. Give her, give this lady some money. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Say that again, because I know I didn't go on OnlyFans and give this person money. No, 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 no. Oh. I said that we started following her on Twitter, and oh, I checked so- her out. She's got okay. OnlyFans, so I'm telling all our people, check her out on OnlyFans, check her out on Twitter, check out her Twitter feed, it's fucking crazy, it's crazy like the movie, uh, Zola, now, we're gonna- in terms of, wait, yeah. wait, I'm gonna interrupt you, because I got, I got it, I'm way faster than our producer, so, <laughs> anyway. uh, for Pig, for yeah. Pig, <laughs> <laughs> for Pig, um, audience is 97, Oh, sorry. Audience is 84 and okay. critics is 97. Wow. Wow. That's solid. Those are solid numbers. Um, like I said, in regards to Zola, if you haven't seen this movie, go watch this movie. It's super fun. Uh, James Franco, I guess, was originally supposed to direct. He ended up being one of the producers. Uh, I have a feeling I, I, I would have to, you know, really tease at the dates. But remember, like 
James Franco was an okay guy, and now he's not so much okay guy. So I wonder if when he turned over the directing to uh, Janicea Bravo, um, mm-hmm. that that was just a way to like make sure the project didn't have all the Dame James Franco gunk on it. Uh, and I mean, it was put out. It was produced by A twenty four, who did like uncut jams and a bunch of other just fucking super cool shit. Um, I mean, she also they also did like probably the worst Sofia Coppola film ever made outside of like a very Merry Christmas. So there's that. So I don't know. I don't know. No, no. I I actually watched this movie as well. Oh, wicked! Um, it's dope, right? Well, we'll get to that <laughs> now because. I wasn't gonna. I was. I was. I From was here on in, for... watch everything this motherfucker does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's literally like after watching this movie, I was just like, I'm pretty sure this is the life story of me and Chris and I'm Zola. <laughs> <laughs> and which I, I honestly could see me having to stand in a room while Chris is on back page. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, like all that like male frontal nudity, like even just the way they did the editing on that as as the like penises scroll up, I'm like, man, they made art out of like ugly dicks. Like it's and then even doing like it, yeah, because they they did it the way they edited it, it was like a social media thing. And then she even goes back up to the huge one to like heart it and then goes back yes, down. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um yeah, I, I was waiting to listen to it first uh, like you try to sell me on the movie but then once you uh put it on our twitter that this is your favorite your contender for number one film of the year i was like fuck might as well watch it now um sorry man the sun's too much in my eyes from this tropical sandstorm <laughs> here I'm, I'm in but <laughs> um the, are you uh, on the set of dune or something or like what's going on <laughs> yeah dune too man I, i'm gonna show them how it's done <laughs> but anyways uh what i was gonna say the one thing i liked a lot about it that caught me off guard was what kind of cameras did he use because it literally looked like it was an old like grindhouse kind of kind of film like it was grainy and shit you know what i mean yeah 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 and i i like that too they like okay i'm gonna just shoot from the hip here i'm assuming they shot digital and they did it with filters without like i couldn't i didn't there was nothing in the like the quick review or uh research that i did that talked about so other people's work yeah 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 uh like that they were shooting on like uh you know 35 millimeter or anything like that they probably just did that with um the filters in post-production but yeah it, that's it's awesome right like the yeah. aesthetic was there anything that you like how what was your general takeaway from that movie though yeah like other than what i, you I just enjoyed said. it it was somewhat like it was, it was funny it had its jokes and stuff like that um Yo, that black head. pimp that black pimp when he goes from like an american accent to like a caribbean accent and it's like that caribbean accent makes him feel way fucking scarier in those scenes you know what i mean yeah, that was, um, oh my God, the actor's name was Coleman Domingo, who was the bad guy in fucking Candyman that we reviewed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, listen to that because Chris totally forgot about it because you figure he would have plugged uh, <laughs> one that he was in that we already reviewed. But um, yeah, I liked his performance. I liked... 
I like the narration that they did where, you know, they would have the scenes, then it would kind of stop and be like, and then this, like when his wife or girlfriend picks her up and she's like, it just kind of pauses for a second. And she was like, it's going to be 24 hours before I even hear this, (laughs) this bitch talk. It's going to be 24 hours before I know what this bitch's name is. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or, or or what her voice sounds like, something like that. But (laughs) Like in my head, and I know during during the research, this apparently is a true story. But at which point, you know, if this this was truly happening, wouldn't wouldn't like she technically been kidnapped by these people for she three was days? fucking technically she was she was technically kidnapped from by these people <laughs> like that's uh it, that's not a technicality that's a fucking actual fact you know what i mean but she had a cell phone so why not call the cops i mean we could we could ask her we we could we could tweet out to her and be like yo why didn't you just call the cops lady when this guy is threatening to kill you and keeps referring to the fact that he knows where you live <laughs> i picked you up at home <laughs> I even just like how it opens was like she comes over to the table and she's like, "Oh my god, you have the perfect titties!" And just like I'm just like, "All right, fucking here we go, saddle up, <laughs> giddy up." Um, yeah, yeah, man. I I think that anybody who likes indie film, you got to watch this stuff. Like I said, if if you like cool cinematography and cool editing and interesting story, uh, definitely watch watch it. It's so much fun. And again, I think it's only in the 90 minute uh, kind of er- area as well. Yeah, it wasn't well, it didn't seem that long to me, but uh, yeah, an hour and 26 minutes. A lot of shit got done in that time, right? Yeah, and that, and that's the thing if you're if you are like judging this movie by the trailer, I wouldn't, yeah, because the, the trailer didn't do this justice. Like, I because once you tweeted it, I looked at the, the trailer, I thought it was going to be like, um an updated version of like Thumb and Louise. Oh my God. You took reason. it right in my head. Like, like a, like a hoe trip. Sure. That, that wasn't Thumb and Louise, but well, okay. I mean, it, was, it was kind of, <laughs> kind of wasn't at all actually. Hey, you know what, you know what else Thumb and Louise had though? Fucking Brad Pitt. Oh, is this where you're going to go into your segue? Like, <laughs> Like I, I know you're dying. Like this, this episode's been a while, and you haven't made one comment yet. I know, I know. Um, those playing the "How do you like that movie?" drinking game is not going to be happy, right? <laughs> They're like, They're I'm like, trying to get <laughs> fucked up. Say something. I'm, you're supposed to say, Chris, do the bingo thing. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I unless our producer has anything else he wants us to talk about, like I, I like I said, I highly recommend watching Zola. Now, do you think? No, I know you asked me about Pig. Do you think this gets nominated for any Oscars? <sighs> you know, you brought, up a good, you brought up a good point that there's not a lot of quality out right now. So I'm going to say... But does the premiering in Sundance in 2020 now technically say this movie should have been last year's? So, I mean, you're getting me with your legal mumbo jumbo. So... Well, I don't know how it works, right? You know how it works. Like, is it? I, I think you're right. I think, I think, I think you're right. I think that there's a very good chance it could be excluded. Uh, but let's take that off the table. Do I think it has the ability to be nominated? Editing for sure. Um, adapted screenplay, like original story, sorry, original screenplay, maybe it's a very cool screenplay concept. 
Um, so can I, I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> no. Because I want to check out, so. All right. All right, man. That's all for me, then. Watch this fucking movie, bitches. That's how you're going to end it. That's it. You should have just done a fucking quote, like, from the movie. Like, that's it. I'm done. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking to get a hold of us, please go to our website at howdyoulikethatmovie.com. All our social media links are there. And you can email us as well. So I've been watching Banged Up Abroad, or actually, what's it called? Like Locked Up Abroad on Disney. I fucking love that show. When stupid people do stupid things in South Locked America. Locked Up Abroad. Have you never I've seen? I've never heard. Oh my no, god! I've never heard. Oh of my it. god! You gotta go watch it. Basically, it's like stupid white people doing stuff like trying to. They get convinced to smuggle like four kilos with of cocaine just like in their suitcase, and then they get caught at like uh, a Panamanian fucking border stop and then they go to jail and it's awesome like or they're in thailand <laughs> doing stupid shit and people convince them to try and traffic heroin even though thailand has like a ma- minimum life sentence and possibly death as the consequence and i'm like this is fucking great and they're always the dumbest white people it's fucking great production by rod shaver Bader monkey productions